From Southern California, this is Outlook in Review, a summary of world headlines, technology and business news, arts and entertainment features, and instructive encouragement from the Praiselite Media Studios, Thousand Oaks, California. Good day, it's Wednesday, the 3rd of October, 2018. A massive 7.5 earthquake has struck the Sulawesi island of Indonesia, and a subsequent tsunami has completely devastated the region, killing over 1,200 people in the areas around the city of Palu. The city, home to 350,000 people, had just lifted the tsunami warning on Friday, shortly after the quake, when the tsunami waves arrived, catching thousands off guard. Hospitals were overwhelmed by the influx of injured, with many people being treated in the open air. This according to the English Service of France 24, which also stated that the main airport in Palu was shut after the tsunami struck, complicating initial disaster relief efforts. The quake, which was followed by a series of powerful aftershocks, struck as Islamic evening prayers were about to begin in the world's biggest Muslim-majority country on the holiest day of the week in that religion, when mosques are especially busy. Nine News in Australia reported that authorities are bracing for much worse as reports filter in from outlying areas, as Indonesia, which sits on the seismically active Pacific Ring of Fire, is all too familiar with deadly earthquakes and tsunamis. The top lenders of Toys R Us have decided to cancel the bankruptcy auction of its brand name and other intellectual property assets, and instead plan to revive the Toys R Us and Babies R Us brand names. This according to a report by Reuters, the report also stated that the bankrupt retailer's debtors aim to open a new Toys R Us and Babies R Us branding company that maintains existing global license agreements and can invest and develop new retail software. The lenders also plan to expand its international presence and further develop its private brands business. Toys R Us had filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in September of last year, but the company changed course in March, saying that it would instead sell its operations in Canada, Asia, and Europe, and completely shut down in the U.S. Under the intellectual property auction, the company had planned to sell its assets, including the brand names of Toys R Us, Baby R Us, website domains, and Jeffrey the Giraffe, as well as other assets. However, with the cancellation now announced, a new Toys R Us store might just open up in your neighborhood once again after all. Albeit somewhat changed, the details of how changed are yet unknown. In 1965, amid all the daytime comedies and serious secret agent shows, one television series landed squarely in between. Get Smart was a clever mix of government agent thriller and comedy, starring Don Adams as Agent 86, Maxwell Smart, and his sidekick, Agent 99, played by Barbara Feldon. The agents work for Control, a secret U.S. government counterintelligence agency based in Washington, D.C. However, Agent 86, Maxwell Smart's desire to follow everything according to the book often results in disaster, and trouble ensues as the agents attempt to thwart crime 
time across the globe, much to the dismay of the long-suffering head of control played by Edward Platt, who is addressed in the series as simply the Chief. However, somehow either 86, 99, or both never fail to save the day, despite all too often the schemes of Control's nemesis Chaos, which is described in the show as an international organization of evil. Chaos lead agents Starker and Siegfried continually show up behind almost every sinister plot and often end up trapping the Control agents, but not for long as 99 or Max figure out a way out of the mess and leave the enemy floundering and defeated at least until the next episode. Max is seldom caught without his trusty Sufone, which was exactly what it sounds like, or his red 1965 Sunbeam Tiger two-seat roadster. In Season 4, Max and Agent 99 get married and have twins in Season 5, but still somehow juggle married life, parenthood, and fighting crime with apparent ease. Get Smart generated a number of popular catchphrases during its run, possibly most notably Max's line, Missed it by that much. For five years, Get Smart was followed eagerly by devoted audiences, and even after the show ended in 1970, a number of feature films were released, even one in 2008 combining several storylines into one movie, starring Steve Carell and Anne Hathaway. Although it was notably well-produced, nothing quite rivals the original series and the groundbreaking antics of the committed, sincere, and innocent Maxwell Smart, who still lives on in the minds of many fighting chaos and loving it. In today's culture, which is all too often focused on self, thinking of others is not the norm. In fact, it's often frowned upon in motivational talks and even some sermons and so-called Christian books. But it's this self-centered thinking and self-focused culture that brings nothing but dissatisfaction and negative effects, as referenced in a story told by the preacher Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Before the outbreak of the Spanish Civil War in Barcelona, Madrid, and other places, he recounts, there were psychological clinics with large numbers of neurotics undergoing drug treatments and others attending regularly for psychoanalysis and such like. They had their personal problems, their worries, their anxieties, their temptations, having to go back week after week, month after month to the clinics in order to be kept going. Then came the Civil War, and one of the first and most striking effects of that war was that it virtually emptied the psychological and psychiatric clinics. These neurotic people were suddenly cured by a greater anxiety, the anxiety about their whole position, whether their homes would still be there, whether their husbands would still be alive, whether their children would be killed. Their greater anxieties got rid of the lesser ones. In having to give attention to the bigger problem, they forgot their own personal and somewhat petty problems. As we pray to God on behalf of others, our own selfish desires, even our own problems, fade. We read in Ephesians 6, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Now, praying in the Spirit is to pray according to God's will. It is when we pray in harmony with the will of God, as we also read in 1 John 5. Just as we read in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, we are to also intercede 
for others. Now this is not very popular, especially in a culture that is getting more and more self-centered and one that simultaneously discounts and ridicules prayer and the mandate for it in the Word of God. Even though more and more professing Christians are embracing the health, wealth, and the prosperity heresies, God's mandate is for us to love one another, to pray for one another, and to look out for one another's interests. As we read in Philippians 2, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. May all of our relationships as believers in Christ be directed by that biblical mandate, and may we make sure that we look beyond our own problems in life and spend time praying for others, asking God to show us specific ways to minister to others' needs. And the Lord haste the day when the faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back. As a scroll, the trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. It is well. Thanks for listening to Outlook in Review. Contact us anytime with questions or comments. We'd always love to hear from you. We're on Twitter at Outlook in Review and Facebook.com forward slash Outlook in Review, where you can find information to various topics we cover on the show. Until next time from Thousand Oaks, California, I'm Ben Ditzel. This is Outlook in Review. Outlook in Review.